Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Sisters Table. You're here with Mila, Rosa, and Diana, and Sonia. Did you forget? Oh, her? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Is there three or four? <laughs> I thought it was the fourth There's one. <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> so... Today's topic is uh, one that's a little bit uncomfortable for myself. I'm sure for all of us. No, no, just for it's myself. For all of us. No, just it's a bit me. heavy too. It's a little bit heavy. Yeah. Oh, we'll see how it leads. But um, the topic is triggers. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, and I think you have to explain a little bit why it's a, it's a trigger for all of us. I, I think it's because it... it it's asking us to actually put ourselves out there, right? To show uh, vulner- vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yeah. That's yeah. the word I have a hard time saying. But um, And we have talked about it and everything, but I think in reality, it's something that is not easy to do. So wait, so the topic trigger is a trigger for us. That's what I was going to say. No, but what I was going to say, what I was going to explain um, was just, um, talking on vulnerability, um, knowing where this, why we decided on this subject, and I think we were talking about how we realize that Rosa shares a lot about herself, and she's open and she's honest with you guys, and and not that we're not, we are honest with you guys, but we just don't talk about ourselves. I don't we know. We don't open up. We don't say a lot. No. Um, and so. So I would like to say that at this time I will keep myself quiet. No, and you don't have the to. Other ones you can continue to be themselves from here on and be more authentic. And I just want to ask if you guys are able to explain what trigger is for those that might not really understand what a trigger might be. Do you guys maybe have like a short definition of what that might be? Because I'm not able to look at my phone today. <laughs> they told no me not to look rule. at a no phone rule, no code rule. Well, in your own words, what would a trigger be defined as? I think it's something that your body remembers. So something that may have, okay, this is my definition, mm-hmm. something that may have happened in your past, in your life. And... um something that it affects is, you in the future yeah it affects you in the future like, and, and 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 it makes your body feel uncomfortable in some sort of way and makes you react in a in a negative way sometimes guys okay. since i'm the one that shares most of the time would i be oh, able yeah. to say a quote i know oh. that i actually share on we had a no phone rule and she's just ruined it yeah but the thing <laughs> is i share and i don't i'm not afraid <laughs> of doing that but uh, but i like it because it's a very appropriate to this right now and okay. it says Heal so that you can hear what is being said without the filters of your wounds. And this is by Dr. Thima. Say it again. It was, it was kind Heal of mm-hmm. so that you can hear what is being said without the filter of your wounds. Hmm. How does that connect with triggers? Just a question. So basically the way I see it is if you haven't healed yourself from whatever caused that pain, you will be triggered any time that somebody says something. Um. Although, although I will make a point, like I'll just like I do, I I like that one a lot. Mm. Um, but I do want to share that I don't necessarily think that you'll always. It's not about getting rid of that because I think sometimes those, some of those triggers stick with you forever. Um, but it's about being aware of them, and yes. that c- might be part of that healing. That mm-hmm. can you give an example that that of that, Mila? Um, maybe. In, just from someone else, not from myself, though. Someone that that is like uh, why not from you, Mila? <laughs> yeah, because I don't have one on top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Okay, okay, I I got one. I got one. Okay, fine. Here we go. No, okay. So we talk about we've talked a lot about our childhood and and how we come from like a trauma 
um, in childhood, let's say. Um, one of the examples that I can give for my own self is um, I grew up seeing violence and um, violence came from my own siblings through their anger. Um, they would be um, they would fight a lot with each other. And so one of the things that I realized as an adult that affected me a lot was um, when other people got aggressive or violent. Um, it would trigger, it would make me feel um, tense. It would make me feel scared. My heart would race. Um, I would get nervous. Like I could feel it in my body that I was very uncomfortable. Um, so I didn't realize that until later on in life that that's what it was. But um, during, during like my childhood, anytime things like that would come up, I would get those feelings. And so part of my healing was being aware of that. Now, when people get aggressive, those feelings haven't gone away. I still feel that. But now I'm aware that it's not me presently feeling that. It's when I was a child that I, I was affected by that. So I can, I can now move forward, even though I feel those feelings. It's kind of mm -hmm. like you step aside from what's happening, and then you kind of, you're becoming, you're observant of what's Yeah, I become observant of my own body, yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. I think this COVID-19 thing and being quarantined and being like, you know, with your thoughts a lot has, has um, kind of, you have a lot more time to think, which allows, I think, myself to think a lot and think of, things from the past probably right or from the current yeah anyways yeah i wonder where you were going with this yeah, i have no yeah, what do you mean <laughs> i mean i think <laughs> it does i think i think you're on the right <laughs> track because you, you made me think it does give you a lot of time to reflect about yourself and maybe yourself can mean your childhood can mean um what you've experienced as a as an individual and what your story is right and and I, then what those triggers look because like. i think for me right now like this quiet time and i don't know what it is so you guys might be able to answer that um and i kind of read he things here and there that everybody's reacting differently to it but one of my things is to create projects to do things but ongoing to the point that i'm exhausted right and i kind of question that because i see some people more laid back I see some people more like, you know, just living the moment, but I find myself creating a lot of projects and I understand everybody deals with this a little different. But I'm wondering, that probably has to do something with how I learned to cope with stuff, right? I think it's probably that, and of course, because we're sisters, we grew up in the same environment. It's a way of controlling what's happening right now, right? So each one of us has our own way of dealing with things. And I, I'm telling you this because in my own life, like I mean... Even prior to this virus, uh, I actually had to learn um, to deal with whatever I was going through in my life by actually being patient. So when this came along, it actually uh, the only thing that it did is reinforce what I was going, what I was already going through. So now I'm more patient now um, because I mean, there's so many changes happening. The only thing that uh, is left for me to do is do that. And I have to be patient with myself because I cannot control anything that is happening. But other people, on the other hand, the only way they can do that is by being creative. They're always trying to create something new so they can ha actually have some sense of uh, this is my way of dealing with things. And then, and then some people, and I don't know if this is you or not, but I'm just going to say this. Some people really just try to keep themselves busy so they don't have that time to reflect as much. Is that you, Rose? <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just saying. I know, I know. Some, sometimes no. we want to throw it to somebody else too. <laughs> no, you know, I think one of the things I learned on how to deal with triggers, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, is to keep myself busy. So I know there's a lot of things that I haven't dealt with. I know that I have triggers that I'm everyday learning. I think some, Mila, you have pointed out to me that that's a trigger. I know I can't see children crying or suffering or being abused. Um, and I can't work with children. I've always, I loved, uh, I love children, but I cannot work in the area of children because it triggers way too many feelings for me. So, um, it is something I, I, I'm learning. It is something that, um, it's pointed out, but I, I, I know that my way of being busy is a way of me avoiding dealing with those triggers. So, but then I wonder, Okay, this is not me trying to ask you guys questions, but for myself, is that even a healthy thing? Like, if I'm living okay, if I feel okay, I'm not dealing with the triggers by because I'm being busy doing other stuff, but I'm happy. Am I okay? Or is it, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I guess the question is, are you really fully happy? I feel like I am. I feel like my life is, I, I love the kids I have, I love the husband I have, I love the home I have. I, I know I can't work with, uh, like I sa- said, um, in the area uh, of children. I know I can't do that just because, I, 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 I kind of take that with me. I take that home, and I feel their pain, and I feel like I'm going through that all over again. So, I just kind of stay away from that area. But beyond that, I'm, I'm okay. No, the the other thing I see think how perfect I, I am. <laughs> see how. <laughs> I know you try, but yeah, okay. <laughs> so Anyways, perfect. so the the other thing I was gonna tell you is I realized when um I I don't want to say my f- life fell apart, but in a way it did because I I thought I had uh, this perfect life that never it was never the happy life that I thought, um, but when you go through a big change such as the one that occurred in your life, whatever that means, you actually have to learn to deal in the way that is best uh, in the in the most accommodating way for you okay so for me it was basically pushing everybody away and actually figuring out how I would work with all of this that was happening to me and I could not hear anyone else because all my life that's all I did so for you if it means that uh, you're gonna focus on actually um, trying to create new things then that's your way of dealing with it even if it, even if it's going to take you a while to actually face what really happened you're going to do whatever it takes to keep yourself going and and everyone is different right because some of us are are different in the way and it doesn't mean that it's better than another one it's just simply the way that you deal with it right Th- for me it was basically I need to do this on my own. If I need to feel every single thing that I'm going through on my own, even if it's pain, even if it's crying, even if it's getting myself up and putting myself back together, I'm going to do it because that's the only way I'm going to learn. But like I said, for everybody else, it would be a different way. I find triggers interesting because I feel like they come to you out of nowhere. I feel like sometimes you think you're fine. Everything's perfectly good. You've got a good life. And then something happens to you that suddenly you're like, oh, what was that? Like, I'm going to cry and I don't know why this affected me so much or why this hurt me so much or why do I feel the way I feel in this moment? Um, 
because it just hits you out of nowhere. Or you thought you had it all together, you figured you had it all worked out in your mind, and then suddenly somebody does something and you're feeling like, oh no, that really did not make me feel good inside. Then you realize, oh man, I got to work on that. And then you you also will see, like what Yunila said, you'll see that as in other people, like you'll blame them for what they've just done to you. And you're like, damn you, you made me feel this way. But if you're reacting, let's say, uh, from, uh, let's say your sh- reaction should be at a five and your reaction is at a 10 because of something that has just brought you back to maybe a day in your childhood, then that's when you know it's a trigger. Like for me, for example, this COVID. This COVID has brought the instability that I had as a child. I am the last from eight kids, right? My, I'm Mila comes second, and then Rose is the oldest, and then Sonia comes middle child. I'm the oldest, second Actually, oldest. Second, second oldest. Yes, I'm the youngest. Oldest, yes. I'm the youngest. Sonia is the youngest. <laughs> no, she's Never mine. Mind. She's I'm the youngest. youngest. <laughs> <Five or something. laughs> and so I'm, I'm the baby. So for me, it was being quiet. I would observe absolutely everything that was happening in my surroundings, but I would try my best not to even say a word because it was very chaotic. And so instability was kind of my upbringing in a way. And so this COVID kind of brought me back. And so for me, it's kind of like in this, uh, in my own home, I felt I was like, okay, I'm good. Like everything is great. My, like my, uh, my, my, my home is pretty peaceful. Like I'm great. Like everything is going good. Then suddenly this happens and I felt like everything went out the window and I'm like, what is like happening? My daughter is no longer going to school. And so instability was triggered for me. And what happened is my coping mechanism is cleaning, is having to try to clean absolutely everything, trying to control everything by overthinking. And so that brings me back to reflecting, okay, awareness, like you are doing this because, not because this is who you are, but because of a trigger. And that that's how it kind of like I started assessing my own self. But I know I need counseling. <laughs> but how do you One know? I'll go. How do you know what are your triggers? Because, and, and I'm not saying this in a... I l- truly don't think i know what triggers me i truthfully and honestly um i think it's unless someone points it out i know mila you've been one that has pointed out um some that i never realized but how do you know because even now as, as you're saying that i'm thinking okay yeah fine i have this thing that i get active so right now this covid thing has made me feel like okay well you know what I have um, nothing to do, so what about we do this, the things that we haven't been able to do? But for me, I see it more as a positive thing. Like, oh, okay, I'm, let's do all the things that we haven't had the chance to do. How do I know what if that's like me just kind of taking advantage of the time I have or being a trigger? Because now that you're saying that, I'm wondering, so is that a trigger that I have or am I just like trying to keep everything tidy and clean like what what's the difference i think for me the way that i knew this was because i started to put too much projects on myself where i felt exhausted like for example i was trying to clean my daughter's room but i have also a seven-month-old baby and also i'm kind of like taking care of my household and that on its own like they say that this covid isn't you're supposed to adapt like your your brain is already trying working overload adapting at its trying to create this new normal that we're, we're trying to bring out or whatever. And so then you're already working overtime and then adding on to that, trying to make your home, let's say, clean, I don't know, the washroom today or let's clean this room, you're adding on a load. So if your body is telling you you're exhausted but you keep going, then that is you not listening to yourself. And so you're trying to kind of like you're, tr- you're not listening to, you're not staying still for a moment, I guess you can say. But how is that a trigger? 
like I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm trying really to understand. Like, I, how I is that a trigger? Because it could be just you coping. That's a coping mechanism. Yeah. So that that's the thing, though. It's a coping mechanism. So it doesn't mean y- you might be fine. Like this might actually be a good time for you to be like, good. I get to be home, and maybe for all we know, you love being home so much that this is a great time for you. Um, but I think it's thinking about. Who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself? Is it something you're actually happy doing it for? Or are you doing it because you're feeling like you need to take control of whatever that situation is for? Um, when I think of like my trigger, I think of the podcast being a first thing when we when we first started doing it. I remember I like went into like a bit of a stressed out mode and suddenly I started thinking, I don't want to do this. I'm out. I don't want people to hear about me. I don't want people to know about me. I'm trying to keep my life to myself. I used I was not that person before, but I became that person. And then talking to a friend um and and figuring out where that came from i realized oh this is a trigger this has become a trigger for me it's a sense of not wanting to be rejected it's not wanting people to know about me because i don't want them to hurt me and i don't want them to reject who i am and what my life looks like but it took me a while to get there in the beginning i just thought i just don't want to be that person i don't get it everything's fine but reality it affected me it made me feel stressed it made me feel um worried so i think part of it is knowing is it who are you doing it for how is it affecting you is it affecting you is it a positive thing is it a you know that's that sort of area i think for me it's a positive thing but i'm really trying like now that we're talking about triggers okay i can (laughs) oh god here i go but i think i'm condemning myself to something (laughs) but i think this (laughs) no but being home right now being able to do projects that I haven't been able to do is actually helping me be okay with what's happening. Like, not what's happening outside, but being able to um, deal with this whole thing. Like, I don't feel a trigger or anything. I can tell you what I think may be triggers, um, but I don't think this is one for me. And it doesn't have to be. Okay. Yeah, I feel so like I have not, to find a not, trigger in here. Yeah, no. we're not talking <laughs> yeah. about this. Can't be like, okay. Okay. like everyone is different because, for example, for me, I th- I think a trigger was my relationship, but it wasn't a uh, it was a trigger not only about that relationship in particular. It was about my childhood as well. So it brought absolutely everything I hadn't never wanted to deal with, and it was a trigger in a big way because. Um, the reason I say that is because I actually felt like I was never really uh, valuable. Like I was never loved. I I was never um, the person that should be cared for. I I didn't deserve it. That's how I felt. And I think that for me was a huge trigger because I had to work over all that pain and all that crap that actually you put on on your head because of everything that has been ingrained in you. And it has been ingrained probably not because uh, you don't deserve that or because you're not meant to have that. It's simply because of the actions of other people. It, it kept coming over and over in every situation that had appeared in front of you. And so when that happened, I had to work. And I'm telling you, in the moment it felt, it didn't feel like work. It felt like um, you hit bottom. That's basically how it felt. And I think when Mila says that it feels, it doesn't feel comfortable, that's a trigger. You will know right away because it feels like you're not, it's not you. It's simply they have taken the power away from you because of one little thing that just happened. Like for people that can actually say this thing doesn't, doesn't affect me, I don't understand how it is affecting you, that's not a trigger. 
when it triggers you, it actually feels like everything is falling apart. It's like you had a foundation that you thought was perfect and then now it's falling apart, all of it. That's what it's a trigger. I think it's hard to figure out that it, I think it is hard to figure out that it's a trigger though because I think like Diana says, sometimes you blame someone else, like it's their fault I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Somehow, whatever they just did, it's their fault, they did that, therefore that's why I'm angry. Um, and then reality, it's like, no, no, it's bigger than that. It's not just because they may have gotten mad. It's actually because what they did just awoke something in you, made you feel unsafe. Yeah, I think. OK, so if, if anything, one of the things I know that is a trigger for me is um, and I've explained this to my kids when they're babies, mm -hmm. I'm really good at being so lovely and huggy with them, kiss them nonstop. Like it's like a. A whole thing, right? And I'm very, you guys know, I'm very lovey-dovey with them. But as they start getting to an age, I don't even know when it kicks in. But it's like about, I don't know, 11, 10, 11, something like that. I stop. It's like I, I distance myself from them. And I'm not able to do that anymore, to be so huggy and lovey. Although my body wants to, it kind of really fights it. Like, it's hard for me to hug them. It's hard for me. And I can see it now with my kids. They... They want, especially my son, if I'm going to go uh, close to him, he, his body just literally distance. He's like 15, right? So he tenses up. Yeah, he tenses up. So it's something I've created with my husband. They're huggy W the whole time. They don't, they don't. But with me, it's a little different. And I know that's something that was from my childhood, right? Is um, my mother, because she went through her own trauma, same with my father, um, at a certain age they stopped hugging us or hugging me us whatever us yeah always. us so then in that that kind of rolls over to now my kids so um and it's something i've had to learn cuz i said i think i was i was trying to go by my son one of this um a couple of weeks ago and then his body tensed up and i said <gasps> And I go, and I realized that was a trigger. So I said to him, no, we're not going to do this. This is going to be different. I'm going to hug you at night before we go to bed. I'm going to say goodnight. I'm going to kiss you guys goodnight. And normally my daughter will try to kind of hug me or anything in between, right? But when I start actually doing it, when I start actually saying, okay, goodnight, guys, I love you, um, and trying to hug them, their body would react the same way I did with what which was to kind of uh, reject it or get stiff, right? Um, so I know that um, hugging uh, at a certain age is a trigger for me because when I was younger, that's when it stopped for me, right? So it's it's kind of been like a... And, and, and I'm, I'm aware of it now to the point that um, I do try my best. And I've always been very good at expressing it because I, I made sure that my kids would know because when I was younger I didn't know if my parents that's weird but I really didn't know if they did love me or not um, so I made sure they knew even by me saying I love you I love you or I call them babies or anything like that because I want them to know I love them even though I may not be able to be so like huggy kind of touchy right so and I understand you completely because I, I as being one of the second oldest, I understand fully because um, I remember, and I think it's really weird that you remember little things as children, right? Because my biggest thing was my grandmother, and I love her very much. Then she's in heaven now, but um, she was one of the the person that actually was very disconnected, and so 
for me, she's one of the person that comes as an image in my mind. And as a child, I don't know why it was, but I, I think I would have loved to have a hug from her. But she couldn't because she went through so much, right? And so I was the same with my kids. When I had them, uh, my first few kids actually <laughs> were the ones that have to deal with the craziness that you're that you don't even know you have until you realize that you can't even hug them, you can't even have that that uh, connection with them because there's something that's stopping you. It's like you have a huge wall that you don't understand until finally someone tells you how come you cannot hug them, and then you realize, okay, I don't I don't know, but at the same time it feels really uncomfortable doing it. So I, I'm telling you now, I had to learn to actually get my cl kids close to me and say, even if I have to practice until I learn how to do this, I'm going to get them close to me and I'm going to hug them. And, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect right now because I can tell you that I'm still working on it, but it's better than what it was before. And I, think, I, I think that's something we all kind of grew up with was that that feeling detachment disorder and i'm, they I'm call probably it like the detachment worst. disorder i mean i would say these two are probably the more loving or like physically showing it than i am i know with me my nieces and nephews and i mean so thankfully you guys did give them some love because they're very lovey-dovey um will purposely come and hug me and try to kiss me because they know how i am um but for me that's a trigger as well would be just being able to express that in in the physical way because i know i have a bit of a wall myself that reason and i think for for me that the reason why i even came to it because i'm the same i'm kind of like with my girls i try my hardest but i do feel uncomfortable at a certain age to keep giving that love but i have fought within myself to say even if it feels uncomfortable i'm going to continue doing it because of the same reason as sonia says like you just want them to know that you love them not the same as how we grew up where i'm sure my mom and my my dad both did love us but they went through their own traumatic situation where they could not give what they did not have so we now have come to understand that and we can understand the situation but at the same time what happened happened and so we kind of have to work through it and as we're trying we do our best but the only reason why i ever came to understand any of this was because of the schooling that my family or my older siblings did which was social work and then when i came into understand even more was when i myself went into child and youth care where they studied child development and the trauma and ever and detachment and all these kind of things and that's when i came to understand many things that i went through myself and so now whenever i am feeling as if m you know my emotions are getting out of whack or as if things are just going too chaotic for me i bring myself back and i will ask what is happening because of that awareness and i think that's the biggest thing it's not so much I think people, you know, sometimes will think healing means you become perfect all of a sudden. Or that you don't feel anything Or anymore. that you feel nothing. But no, it's not the case. You will all, we're human at the end of the day. So we will obviously get triggered. But it's just bringing yourself back, bringing awareness and thinking, where does this stem from? And just kind of taking a pause. Because reaction is very quick. But if you can take a pause and actually observe yourself in the moment that is where awareness comes in and that is where you're taking your control back i mean i like i just to kind of bring it back to the beginning of like my example of um others being aggressive i think that's what helped me was understanding why am i so triggered with other people being aggressive now that i'm older right um and that's what helped me was becoming aware so once i realized oh, okay this has nothing to do with them fighting or or them getting mad at me this has everything to to do when i was a child and the specific moments that happened that 
made it that for me. Once I realized that, then I was able to um, bring it back into the future and be like, okay, that was then. I am now adult and I'm no longer that person and I no longer will accept any of that. Um, and so therefore I can move forward. But it took me a while to get to that, uh, that awareness piece. Once again, just repeating, I still feel those feelings, but now it, they go away faster. But I still feel it. It's mm -hmm. really weird because I think one of the biggest things that happened to me is I was working with clients that actually trigger a lot of the stuff that I didn't even know I had. And and when that happened, um, I didn't know what was happening. In that moment, I didn't even know what trigger was. I actually thought I was this perfect person that knew what to do because I had studied social work and all these books knew everything about the knowledge that I was supposed to know. But when it came to the real work, I realized that I had so many triggers and and what happened with that is when I went home I felt very depressed very depressed and I didn't know what to do with that and at that time I didn't know there were triggers so it ha I mean after I went through so many challenges that happened in my life I realized that they were triggers for me so the the r way that I dealt with it is basically I had to feel absolutely everything that was happening to me and that meant sometimes crying sometimes spending times on my own uh, my own kids don't even know what had really happened in that moment because i would hide to tell you the truth i would hide because it was such a low moment for me that i didn't want anyone to know what i was dealing with because it was such a it's such a darkness that you feel in that moment but i knew i had to do it because that was the only way to actually realize what was happening to me I knew it had nothing to do with anybody else, but something that was either from my childhood or what I had just gone through with my, let's say, my ex-spouse, right? So it, everything was triggered. So there was so much work to do, and I didn't know how to do it. But the only thing that I understood is I had to feel each thing that was triggered through whatever was happening at that moment. You know, this one's, uh, it may sound funny, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but they could be little triggers as well. Like every time you learn, their triggers can, don't always, I'm assuming, have to be from the past, right? You can get triggers. You can go through something traumatic that, um, you know, have uh, do new triggers. Is that the right word? Or create new triggers, create new triggers. Mm -hmm. So, for example... <laughs> When I was, I think it was junior high, I made this bread for school, right? Here I am, so happy at night making this bread without a recipe book, right? I took it to school. Now, can you play the violin as I sing this? Okay. <laughs> I can't remember the song. What is it? I took it to school. Okay. I took it to school. The love song. Okay. Okay. No, okay. <laughs> so then I took it to school and then. Kids didn't like it. Of course, because I didn't make it the right way. They threw it out. And I saw them throw it out. Mm. Right? I stopped baking from that point on. So it took me a long time to actually start. And I love baking. Just so you guys know, I love baking. It took me a long time to restart and bake once again. And then now whenever I think my trigger is, if they don't come out perfect... And I've done it a few times. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Where these, these really good muffins. <laughs> she was about to throw out like 30 of them. Really I, I throw them in the garbage because I don't want to feel that feeling again. Although it's been years and I know there were kids. And of course, you, I didn't follow any recipe. 
but it still triggers me now to the point that if if they if i do make something and i see people kind of react in a kind of a face i want to throw them in the garbage right away mm. so it's like a new we didn't even give I'm her a face they were really good right? i feel like it was <laughs> good but anyways but just you know it's a trigger that you know we can create new triggers every yeah. time we can go through a traumatic experience unfortunately and they can become a trigger um later on in the future something that I feel your body remembers that pain. Yes. Um, and even though it may have healed, it may have overcome it, may have uh, dealt with it, your body still remembers. The cell of your body still remembers. And I know myself remembers a lot of, you know, things that I've that I've gone through. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and some some people might actually believe that, and you know, not getting into too much detail, but that that actually it it stays within your body and you create clusters and things like that. Like, I don't know if you, what you guys think about those kind of things, but some people do believe those things that they stay within yourself and you might actually become sick because of these traumas that you have. I mean, there, out. there's like a scientific study exactly. on it. Like if you look up adverse childhood experiences, um, and I'm saying that so you people can Google it, but they do say the stress, um, can really stress and it's traumatic stress. Usually, um, can really st- stress our bodies to the point that it can create actual um, illnesses so mm-hmm. like my older sister was telling me when I was younger just so you guys know I was a quite a creative child way um, too creative yes, child very creative we, we lost her just so you guys know <laughs> without sugar and that's where I was heading to yeah 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 when it. I was when I was young <laughs> Uh, I got lost. I literally got lost. So they were supposed and, to. And can you please tell your age at that time where you got I lost? I don't even remember. I know I was. She was five. Which time was this? There was this happened twice. Between four. This is the youngest one. She I was, was between four and five. But I remember going with my sisters to a bus stop. This is my memory from that child. And wanting to for them to get me a gum. So I walked with them to the bus stop. And then I was supposed to walk back. My understanding is that it wasn't, it was literally like a two, three step away from, from the bus station that my sisters were going into. And for whatever reason, I decided to walk further than what I was supposed to. I, I remember getting lost. I remember just thinking, I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And I walked further than I should have. I don't know where I walked to. I got lost. I was found by these people, thank God taken to their apartment the police was called it's literally like a big thing Basically the police the was, called. was called the radio <laughs> the police was this. called i, I was in the radio that, that this I child she was went lost into the sea. <laughs> yeah, really <bad>. <laughs> <laughs> that this child was lost i remember being in a police station crying my head off i remember being giving money so that i wouldn't so that i wouldn't cry so much um and then so now now that i'm older um, my older sister talks about it and she mentions how and uh, that triggers her now, like in the sense of with her own children. She doesn't like letting them going far. She doesn't like um, letting them being away from her because of the fear that they may get lost. And that was triggered by that experience. So, And she knows. She's aware of it, but it still triggers her, and she's still very cautious of that. So it's something that was created by a traumatic experience, which was me getting lost. You know what? And and, and it's true, Sonia. Like some of the things that... And sometimes adults say things that can trigger you with no reason whatsoever. Like I remember my parents saying things like, uh, you have to be uh, like standing in a certain way. A girl has to behave in a certain way. 
And in, in a child's mind, you take everything. It's like you absorb, you're a sponge, so you take absolutely everything. So my whole life, I actually felt like I needed to be a certain way for people to actually like me and, and acknowledge me as a perfect person. And it took me a very long time to actually realize that you don't need to be anything else but yourself. But at that moment, because you wanted to please those adults and, and you thought that they knew what that meant, you would follow exactly what they needed to do. And it's so hard because once you start growing and you become a teenager, you feel like you're locked in your own body and you can't even be yourself. So we have to be very careful what we say because without knowing, sometimes we can create a trigger into our children that when they grow up, uh, immediately it would it would create some instability in them because that's what happens with triggers it it creates instability and it doesn't allow them to be their full selves and i just i think it's important to talk about this subject especially right now with this covid because people are in their homes they're not getting what's happening they're confused they're probably a little bit lost such as myself and you're trying to get a grasp of things not only that, but their lives are busy, so you didn't yeah. have time to think. Now you exactly. have a lot of time to think. Yeah, and you might be thinking, like, okay, for example, I'll say myself, I, I get triggered quickly when things are out of order, so I'll, I'll take it out of my husband. Like, I'll be like, why do you leave the garbage there? Like, why are you leaving this here? Why? Like, I need some sort of order. But I know at the same time, like, at, at the same time, I, I go back into my own head and I think, you know, why do I need so much order? And of course, it's because I grew up in a home where there was no order. And so it, that allows me to kind of go back and think, just relax. Like things are the way they are because then that's where, you know, I step back to my own spiritual way that I love to be. And then I think, you know what, things will work out as they should and everything will be fine. So I let go. But it's of course it's like they say healing is not is is not linear it's not perfect one day i'll be this way the next maybe i might be crying because it's you know you kind of are like i'm losing control but you always go back it's you know one step at a time take it you know a little bit at a time it's never easy but it always is worth it and i do see like i do see people more angry sometimes they're driving really crazily and angry I do see some people nowadays being so nice, so kind, so nice. And then I do see some very, very um, sad, sad people, very depressed. I do see it all right now. And I don't know what's wrong with me because I feel okay. But it's like I'm telling you, it's <laughs> like it, it's like people have been triggered in different ways. And I think we, we have to be respectful of that because I think everyone is in a different stage of their lives. It's like... Some of them, they have never been triggered, and this moment is actually a big deal for them. So they feel like the world is ending, and, and it might not be even ending, but at that moment for them, it feels real, right? So in that sense, I think we have to be a little bit more empathetic. Like, we have to understand that everybody's coming from a different point of view. And I think it's I think it's normal to, for people to have all sorts of feelings, because some might have good days, like Diana said, some are going to have bad days and it's okay to have whatever you have it's okay to feel those feelings i've said this once i'm gonna say it again really feel them like yeah if you don't have feelings about it that's okay too maybe you're not gonna feel it until after all of this is done maybe it's not gonna come till once we're all back to normal and suddenly it's gonna hit you um, we don't know but it's okay don't there's no reason to have to feel any form of pressure of any sort this is not a normal time it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling yeah, like I, th I think like my daughter, for example, where I'm homeschooling her right now and 
I think maybe she's going. I think like of many. Course, actually, like like everyone out there, even the kids, I'm sure this is going to be some kind of a trauma for them as well, um, as is for all of us because this is completely new. Um, but I'm trying my best and homeschooling her, but you know, she's having a hard time because it, these are things that I don't know how the teacher teaches and things like that. And, you know, I have a baby as well. So I'm trying to like, I'm grabbing the baby as I'm helping her with her schoolwork. And so she herself will be like, mom, you know, I've had enough. I don't want to like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm, I miss school. I miss my friends. And so it's a hard time for them as well, which I know this will come up eventually in her future life but there are some things that you just don't have control over right and so they maybe it's meant to teach them something i don't know i don't know what you guys think of that i don't know you just have to do the best you can i think and like what i said before you can't be so hard on yourself yeah i think as a mom you'll always i don't know what triggers i'm gonna create in my kids one of the things they say is my temper so supposedly 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 She said supposed to be because it's hard to accept <laughs> that you're doing that. No, but I am s- like when they when it does come to me being um, like taking care of them, I am very like um, very strict on that. So it's like don't go out too late or making sure I know what they're doing. I do like to know. And if um, they're they're not being honest or anything like that, I, I am. I am very much um, on top of it. Right. So they don't like that but i don't know if that's creating triggers for them because maybe i'm too strict i don't know so you never know like what i'm trying to say is you just never know as a mom what or as a parent what you're creating you try the best you can there's things as long as you love them and really give that full you know attention that they need and try to teach them the love and um for them to be you know their independent selves you may create i think we may create triggers and you know know what sonia i i actually come to terms with that because i realized that we're not perfect just like everybody else i think our parents did the best they could with what they had and and we're trying to do the best we we can with what we had as well uh coming from you know where we actually we were raised with and and we're hoping that our kids will do way better than what we did. Yeah. And and I mean there's no there's I don't think there's a perfect formula out there telling us uh what we should be doing in order for our children to be perfect. That's not going to happen. I think what I do is uh, I try to be as honest as possible with them to let them know where I'm at and and hopefully that will help them. And yes, we get to a point where we want to control and when we cannot control something, we get really angry. And sometimes we we actually take it on them without knowing. And, and those are things that are going to happen because we don't know what we're doing. We're trying well, to do the best that we can. That's uh, all. As you're do. saying that, I agree with everything you're saying. But as you're saying that, I also want to remind you that sometimes our anger comes from our triggers. So that's why it's important to look within and see what, yeah. where that so comes I, from. I do try my best to, uh, to ask them. Like, you know, I do try to be curious and say hey what am i creating on you i want to know what what i've caused in you what i've created the triggers and i do um i, I want to know because if i can change something for the younger one i want to know if i can um um kind of explain i guess in a way why i created 
something for the older one i i want to be able to have that opportunity before it's too late before they go into their own place and they have their own homes and now they carry on these triggers like i want to be able to talk about it because in our home is you know we never did talk about it and we just kind of carried on and had to learn on ourselves why we had these triggers how this detachments disorder this um um different anger issues you know anything like that we kind of had to learn on on our own so i want to know with them and i want to learn with them and i want to change them while they're at home you know what thank god and my and actually my children are extremely honest so when they see something that they know it's out of balance immediately they face me and they say why are you like this and so that actually helped me because in i don't like it i'm not gonna lie i actually hate it because as a mother you think what you're talking to your mom right but at the same time i'm feeling okay yeah you make sense so when they're telling me what's wrong with you how come you're acting like this it actually helps me to stay to stand back and actually say why ex what is exactly what is happening why are you angry at them without even knowing and so that makes me reflect and thank god they're like that all of them are the same so they're very uh, upfront and they tell me my face if they feel that i'm treating them unfairly um I just wanted to stay. I'm sorry, I totally drew a blank out what I was about to say. No, what I was going to say was um, something I keep in mind, though. It, it, we make it sound easier than it is sometimes to look within or to see why or where all of this comes from. So I know it's going to feel scary and it's going to be hard to to figure figure that out because I know when I figured out all these awareness times of where these triggers came from, I like did not take it very easily and i had to let those feelings out by crying by getting mad by whatever so venting them however i needed to so know that it does feel hard in the beginning but once you figure that out it feels so much better and it might be like not only just by yourself i found that for me having someone to guide me through my feelings and helping me break it down and understand like asking questions has helped me to be like oh you're right why am i always like this why am i feeling this way why was i acting like that why don't i hack my children more like because you know those questions helped me to figure out what my triggers were and and it was it wasn't easy it was hard basically it feels like you're grieving it's horrible <laughs> i'm telling you in the moment that you're going through is it's horrible for it was horrible for me like if i'm talking in my own personal experience it felt like I was grieving. One moment I was crying, the other moment I was really angry and I picked on someone in my, f thank God I have my family <laughs> and they actually love me so they don't get rid of me that easily. But um, We want to, <laughs> but we can't. <laughs> uh, the other moment I was extremely happy and, and it was like I would go through different moods, but I needed to go through that because I needed to find some kind of balance at some point and and you and it's like you're grieving yourself right you you're you're actually you lost the sense of who you thought you were and you're becoming this new person by by finding what those triggers are and why by healing each one of them that's what i was going to point out it's literally healing one at a time so if you haven't healed any of them um it's going to feel like a lot more just cuz you you've had so much for so many years um blocked or well, or guarded and you know what from stemming from that because i think a lot of people will say like how do you know that you're carrying on to all this because i know because i lived in that oblivion for many years <laughs> where i was just angry all the time and i didn't know why and that was because i kind of in a way disassociated i guess you could say like i lived my life just zombie like i was like 
I just don't want to feel anymore because of too much hurt I had had as a child. And maybe observing too much or experiencing too much, which I did. My Both my mother and my father were emotionally maybe unavailable. And so we kind of had to be there for one another as a child. So you become, in a sense, you protect yourself. And for that, for me, was just associating, was becoming numb to everything. And I lived my life angry for many, many years. And so then when it finally all hit, it was like a ton of bricks. And it felt like an avalanche of feelings. And so if you ever get through that moment, just know you will make it through. It does feel like a lot. It feels heavy. and But the thing is, what is heavier is you carrying that for so long. Is you continuing to carry that on to other relationships, to your children. It's worse then. So if you are feeling that, feel it through. Feel it all and continue feeling it because it will there came a, there will come a point where you're done you're feeling you know feelings they come out as tears because you're you're washing it you're washing it all you're healing and so that's a that's a good news actually for you to be crying it out it's actually healthy to cry it's really funny that you said that because that's exactly how i felt um when i came to the, um my relationship is i was numb i, w- I had no feeling whatsoever um, I think it's when I had my first child and I realized how much I was triggered by every single thing because I I didn't know how to love this child. I, did, I had no feelings whatsoever and I, I didn't know how to work towards that. And I think it took a lot of me to be able to accept that and to be able to work through it um, because I had such a huge wall. Like I, I was... I think as a, as, a, as a child, you don't know how much everything hurts you and how much everything triggers you to the point that you've closed your heart, you close, you put such a wall that nobody's ever going to hurt you again. Mm-hmm. That's basically how I feel. But with that, with that being said, I want to remind that I remember a professor once told me, she said, because I was having a hard time with a case that I had been dealing with in my child and youth care uh, schoolwork, and I had been working with a child, and when... I would talk about this kid. I guess he would trigger a lot for me. And so I would cry so much in my class. I would cry, 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 like heavy cries, like heavy tears. So much that I thought myself, am I becoming depressed? And she said to me, it's okay to cry. Just don't dwell on your feelings. It's okay to be sad. Just don't sit in there forever. She said, come out. And so I kind of thought, what does she even mean? And so after that, she took me aside and she said, let your feelings out. That's It's healthy to cry. Let them out. But there comes a point where you say, you know what? I think I'm good. Like my tears are dried out. That is the moment for you to say, okay, what's going to make me feel better now? Like go do something creative. Go journal. Go maybe talk to a counselor if it's a counselor that you have. But you have to step out of that slowly. If you dwell in it, it's easy to fall inside and to get dark and to stay there for a long time. And that's where it gets kind of kind of sad and i'm glad you talk about that because i think one of the things that i realized i needed to do is i start practicing hugging for no reason whatsoever so i start practicing and i thought okay at the beginning it's gonna feel weird and i don't know what i'm gonna feel but the more i did it the more it became part of me and i think at the beginning it's like we you have to fake it till you make it (laughs) to that point right whatever you think you need to do in order to get to that point where you are going to be fully yourself you do it yeah, mine was saying baby to my kill kids and then saying I love you all the time. I love you, I love you, I love you. Just because if I couldn't show it physically, I wanted them to for sure know. So for sure, my mind was like saying the words, like making sure they knew somehow that I did love them. Um, and then explaining to them as well, like actually telling them 
I went through my own um, child abuse. Um, I went through a lot of pain. Unfortunately, because of that, I'm not able to to hug at this time, but I do want you to know that I do love you. And because of that, they were able to understand. And at the same time, they are helping me slowly to be more huggy, more more touchy. And they know and they respect when I'm like, no, not today. I can't, I can't do it right now, right? But at the same time, they go ahead and try. And I like that because it teaches me to just kind of let go and, you know, be okay with it. But it's not always easy. We say it like it is, but it's one of the hardest things. And just so you know, every day I learn a new one. Today I learn a new one with, with Mila. So every day there's always a new thing that we learn. And I know today, Diana, you had a, a poem that you Yes. that we want you to read it's something she wrote and we wanted her to read it uh, which at the end i think kind of ties up with it right i feel like it ties up with yeah, it yeah it's me a too. really good one go for okay, it okay i hope you guys like it um it's, really a, little bit vo- it's a little bit vulnerable for there me because i wrote it i've never written a poem before but i suddenly felt inspired i think this whole covid thing really got my creativeness going because that's what's actually helping me is um being creative and journaling and painting and stuff and drawing so I hope you guys like it. Okay, it's called Earth School. So, they will have us believe that our purpose on Earth is to work and buy all the material possessions that will fill our happiness. However, when you look into the stars and ask if materialism will come with us when we leave this planet, they will answer no. So, we begin to question the meaning of our existence on this planet called Earth. Have we come to become someone or have we come to just exist? My mind will try to make sense of the earth experience, but my heart says to let go and trust. I imagine having a conversation with the universe and asking the meaning behind all of this, and her telling me, the meaning, dear child, is irrelevant. What is important is the experience. You come to earth to shine like the stars in the sky, to spread love, joy, and laughter. You have come to be your divine self. The battle, my child, will be to quiet the mind and listen to the whispers of your soul. The earth is loud as your mind is, you see. But if you can focus your attention on the beauty and the music that the earth bestows, then you have learned to quiet the thoughts that no longer serve your highest good. The earth is where you come to learn. When you, have, when you become your truest and beautiful self, others will benefit, for we are one. You are I, and I am you. And that is all. I love it. Beautiful. We come to this earth to learn. Exactly. Right. And I think, you know what, I, I love the message because um, nothing is set on stones. We are here to learn. We are here. And, and that's what I try to um, teach my children is I'm not here to tell you what you need to do with your life. I'm here just to let you know what my experience has been. And if you can learn from it, good. If you can do better, great. Um, and I'm there to support you and to catch you at every moment in your life. That's all I tell them. And and I mean, I'm going to be here loving them forever. Yep, I hope they do better than I did. So with this, and thank you, Diana, so much for sharing it. Yes, um, thank you. Diana. We do want to <laughs> say thank you to our lis- listeners for listening to us today. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. And you've been with us at the Sisters' Table with Sonia, Nila, Rosa, and Diana. Have a good evening. Good Good evening, evening, everyone. Goodbye. See you next weekend. Next weekend, then.